Warning. The following podcast may contain strong language, unusual humor, emotional content, and a good cup of tea. Basically, all the good stuff. Listener's discretion is advised. We thought that alligators were a myth, that they did not exist. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, I remember looking at her, no, no, they do exist. You know, I'll show you, I'll show them to you. I, I do remember my first, you know, the first day of school after arriving and just asking, what am I doing here? Hello and welcome to another episode of Almost Diaspora. My name is Myra Anubi and today my guest and I plan on transporting you to one of the oldest countries in Europe, Portugal. bedroom um, looking out of the window I see lots of trees and um, shrubs you can already hear some some birds um, I also hear the cars passing but when they don't pass you can hear the birds a lot so I used to work in, um, in an academia environment uh, universities um, research institutes and I decided that I wanted to move more into industry and the job opportunity for that uh, came up here in Norwich so that's what brought me here. Raquel Calvalo lives in Norwich. She is a cloning lead at Tropic Biosciences she does have a postdoctoral research from the University of Florida and has been a research associate at the University of York. She loves everything plants and is fascinated by this amazing world. Her goal is to unravel some of the mysteries that exist in the world of flora. Raquel does understand a lot about change, especially when it means moving to a different country. For her, it started at the early age of seven. I was born in South Africa, and this is where I spent, so until seven years old, that's where I was. We had a huge garden, and I remember uh, this big rock in the middle of the garden, which I used to love to climb. I also remember being picked up my mom picking me up from nursery school and um, it being very hot and the car seat being so hot so hot that I could it would kind of burn the skin so I remember just you know knowing that I was going to sit down on this really hot um, uh, car seat. South Africa can be visited all year round but check the weather ahead of booking to pack accordingly. November to February offer warm and dry weather whilst July to November is cold and windy but a great I, I time I remember this specific school trip where we were all bunched up into this um, Beetle Volkswagen and the, our teacher driving us to this house that had a trampoline uh, and the swimming pool. 
I did take my first swimming classes there in South Africa, and I used to hate it. I used to be so scared. I don't know. This is the different. Now I just remember going to these swimming classes in this pool. Now I do enjoy swimming, but I don't. I remember not enjoying those those swimming classes. Just yesterday, the migration data portal did give an update showing that more than 1.9 million people moved to places like the United Kingdom, United States, and all around the world because of family ties. Now, family migration is a thing. It's a term that's used to categorize the migration of people who move due to established family ties or just to reunify and reconnect with old family members. Family is considered to be one of the biggest driving forces for people living and moving to the diaspora. I don't remember anything about, you know, the decision to move or I just don't remember anything, but I do remember the day of the trip. I came um, before my parents so I could start school. My parents had some really good friends that were also um, coming, they were moving back to Portugal. So they arranged that I traveled with them on the same day. So they took me. So yeah, I remember that plane trip. I remember being sick on the plane. I remember that the plane couldn't, could not land in Lisbon and had to land in the south of Portugal because of the fog. And I remember so clearly being scared that my suitcase wasn't going to show up. Uh, and then the bus trip all the way up to Lisbon. And then I, I remember arriving, it was dark and cold and seeing out of the window, the bus window, my grandparents and my aunt uh, waiting for me. So, uh, yeah, that's, and I, I even remember coming home and my aunt attacking uh, me into bed. Yeah, so I, I really, um, I remember that day. Portugal is one of Europe's oldest and most unique civilizations. It's famous for its connection to Cristiano Ronaldo, but it's also known for so much more. Lisbon especially is considered to have some of the best beaches and destinations to visit in Europe. I, I do remember my first, you know, the first day of school after arriving and just asking what am I doing here? Because I, I was homeschooled for the first part. I came in January so that was already like almost half the school year so so I had already so my father had been you know homeschooling me uh, and I think I was really bored at the school when I came when I arrived in Portugal but I, because I think I was a bit ahead of everyone else so I, I remember thinking what am I doing here and we we used to have school in the morning and in the afternoon and I remember on my first day after the morning classes, I just packed up my bag and was ready to go home. And then I remember my colleagues saying, where are you going? You're not going home. And I was saying, yes, yes, I'm going home. This is, it's, I'm done with this. <laughs> you poor thing. Was this your first time in Portugal? I think the first time I traveled on an airplane, I was like six months. Um, so my parents used to come to Portugal for summer holidays. 
So yes, I was already familiar with my grandparents' house, my, you know, the, the, so it wasn't like a totally strange um, environment. I had been there before. Interesting. Um, so what about the language? Did you, by that time, speak Portuguese? So in, in South Africa, they made me speak Portuguese at home, but outside we spoke English. I mean, school was English, you know, with everyone else was English, but at home we had to speak Portuguese. So that really helped because I could speak. I mean, I spoke English and I spoke Portuguese. So when I moved to Portugal, I could, I was speaking Portuguese as well. Um, and actually then when we were in Portugal, my parents made us speak English at home and only Portuguese outside. So that really made um, it much easier to, you know, to have, to learn these both languages, um, Portuguese and English at the same time. I know I always enjoyed going to the ocean. So that was one of my favorite things. My mom would So in one of the first places we lived in Portugal, we were like half an hour away from the ocean or one hour, I can't remember. And I remember my mom, even if it was cold or raining or sunshine, doesn't matter. She would just put us in the car and let's go. And we would go just look at the ocean. So that that always stayed with me, like going to the ocean, not, not, not just going to the beach, but just going to the ocean and looking at the ocean and that and how, how it, Even today, that's one of the things I miss most about Portugal is, is the ocean. How it just clears your mind and just, for me, it's like this best spot uh, for just losing myself there. It sounds magical. We, however, are just going on a break. We'll be back after this. Hi, my name is Myra Nubi and welcome to Almost Diaspora. Here, I look at the lives of people who are or have lived in the diaspora. The good, the weird, the ugly. I'm a Kenyan living in the UK and I'm excited to take you all around the world and explore some crazy truths about living in another country. Catch me every Friday with a new episode and follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Almost Diaspora. Go ahead and send us an email with your questions or suggestions on the email almostdiaspora at gmail.com. Aside from Portugal's great beaches, food, and interest in sports, Portugal is one of the oldest countries in Europe with a border that has pretty much remained unchanged since 1297. It has one of the longest running empires, so lots of history to learn in the country. And for all the book lovers, it does have the oldest bookshop in the world. The Bertrand in Lisbon has been doing business since 1732. The first day of school was I was always so nervous, you know, another new place, new people. But then this the, the, the ability of making new friends also kind of depended on the place where you are. I remember the second place where I was in Portugal, it was very hard to make friends. But 
that didn't really bother me much because I'm the sort of person that if I have a book, I'm fine. So I would just have my book and read and not care about anything else. So Raquel, um, what is your favorite thing about Portugal, or rather, what's that one thing you really miss um, while you're in Norwich and every time you travel? Maybe the first thing that comes to mind is the food. What <laughs> some something I really miss is some types of food, um, like fresh fish. Food in Portugal is said to be a cause of celebration, but you need to know exactly what you're eating in order to celebrate properly. There is a list of foods that you should try while you are in Portugal. And from what everyone says, some of the best bits come from the tempting fish and seafood dishes. And of course, trying some of the local wines and beverages to wash everything down. When I was 16, I was I went to to the USA, to Arizona as a foreign exchange student. So I spent a year there, just living with an American family, going to high school. The cultural differences between uh, USA and Europe are brutal. <laughs> and that really, I, I, I struggled a lot. And I, yeah, that's why then I, I mean, I was there for two years and I didn't want to stay there any longer because I was, it was a culture I could not adapt to. Um, it's it's hard to explain. Um, it's just it was very hard to. So all the friends I, I most of the friends I made were actually non USA people. Um, I, I found that making friends with European people doesn't matter from where was much easier. You know, talking with these people was much easier than just with Americans. Do you have any interesting stories or experiences about kind of the difference in culture of um, having lived in Portugal and in the US? In, um, so in the States, if they say, um, if they say one certain time, it's that certain time, you know? Because um, in Portugal, it's like, if they tell you one thirty, ah, you, you come at two or, or you know, over there, no, one thirty is one thirty, um, to the dot, you know? So that was something uh, that I found interesting. Um, in Portugal, I, I, I had to learn it myself because I don't think I was, you know, then I would just tell people if I wanted something to start at 2 p.m., I would tell them it would start at one thirty. And I think UK is the same. You know, if they say 8.30 and even and sometimes... They even give a time for the, a party to end. So it starts at 8.30 and finishes at, or a party starts at 4 and, si and finishes at 6, which is something that in Portugal is like, no. <laughs> it starts at 4, that means people will arrive at 5, and then it will go on. When I was in Florida, I had um, um, someone tell me, oh, there's a Portuguese girl that is moving here can I give her your contact because um so you can help her <laughs> because I was Portuguese and I said yeah sure we were swapping emails so this so uh, her name is Susana we I don't know we just connected immediately and so she came uh, I remember when she arrived she thought that 
alligators were a myth, that they did not exist. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, I remember looking at her, no, no, they do exist. You know, I'll show you, I'll show them to you. So, yeah, so this was a, a friendship that really, to, to this day, we, you know, we keep uh, in touch. And have you visited South Africa since you left as a child? So I did go back to South Africa in 2013 um, because, uh, yeah, I wanted to know the place where, where I was born. But I, was, I wasn't actually in Johannesburg. I went to Cape Town. So at some point I would like to go back again to Johannesburg and, and yeah, if it, I would like to actually revisit the, the last, at least the last place where, where we, where we lived. That's something I haven't been able to do. You might not know this, but Portuguese is one of the most spoken languages in the world. It is spoken by more than 10 million inhabitants of Portugal, of course, but it's also spoken by 230 million plus other people from all around the world. For some reason, everyone wants to learn Portuguese. In fact, it is the official language of nine other countries. So if you're looking to learn something, maybe you could try Portuguese. In 2017, records show that Portugal had over 416,000 legal residents from foreign origin. Most of these came from Brazil, Ukraine, Romania, Russia and parts of Asia as well as Africa with Brazilians being the most prevalent foreign nationality in Portugal. Try to find out if, you, if there is anyone in that city. So there's always like a friend of a friend of a friend in the place where you are going. And I've learned this. You cannot imagine. I mean, in Florida, I met someone who had a friend in York. Is there like an item when you were in Portugal that you still have now? Something that you probably carried with you the longest? Yes, my cups, my teacups, my, yeah. <laughs> I have a pair of cups that went to me to Florida and came back and, and moved always. And I still have them. And if I move back to Portugal, I'll think I'll still have them. <laughs> <laughs> Now, since we are recording this so early, I will let you go ahead and get some quality time with your teacups. Thank you so much, Raquel, for being part of this episode. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was really nice also. And of course, sharing your stories with us. Honestly, um, I'm sure that people can pick up one or two things about what to do before they move. And of course, we have found out so much about Portugal and Portuguese as well. Thank you, Raquel. Yeah, I hope so. It's a, it's always a good experience. And I, I really, I really, something I tell everyone, everyone should experience a move. It's so good for you. It makes you grow so much. Stick around to find out how you too can participate on Almost Diaspora. And of course, make sure you catch all the other episodes we've done. See you next week. Oh,
Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you would like to contribute in any way, go ahead and send an email to almostdiaspora at gmail.com.